And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are... Let me turn that down a little bit, because I can't hear myself. We are live from the bunker. It is Monday, and... The shenanigans... The shenanigans continue. All right, so an update real quick. Um, update real quick on, on YouTube, uh, blocking one of our videos. I don't know if anybody saw this or not, but, uh, my, uh, my stream on Thursday, uh, was it Thursday? Uh, the stream on the Vanity Fair article got blocked by YouTube and they said, uh, nobody can see it. We did it. Uh, we, we put it to private. And you can't appeal it, and that's all it is. And it turns out that this was something apparently was going on on a number of different channels all at once. Everybody, uh, everybody on that day, their streams apparently got got struck by this. My guess is there was a bug somewhere because YouTube finally came out later and said it's fixed. So I guess there was something broken. So we haven't been targeted yet, but we might after today, right? All right, so we are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. Those of you who are with us live, good to have you all here. I see Cam, I see Dave. Uh, Mindy's there in the chat, keeping an eye on all of you. Because that's what we do. I mean, I, I, you, you guys behave. That's, that's a given. I'm not worried about what y'all say. This show is also available as a podcast on various different player platforms, so you can listen if that's your inclination. And a programming note, we have added foreign bodies to the podcast uh, platforms. We're in the process of getting those migrated. So, uh, so if you're into horror and uh, you don't listen to or you don't watch the show, you can listen to Foreign Bodies. Uh, we've got the first two episodes up. We're going to be slowly rolling those out as Mark the intern gets them converted. <coughs> so, so there we go. And um, let's see, what was I seeing here? Uh, Dave says, saw Star Trek, the motion picture 4K yesterday. What a blast. Yes, Mindy and I saw it last night. It's very good. Um, there are a couple of places where the new stuff is a little dodgy. But, you know, it, you know, it. I think it probably will look better now that I've seen it up on the big screen. I think it probably has been geared toward digital televisions more than the cinema screen. 
Uh, and I hate saying that, but but now that I've seen it on the big screen, I'll, I plan to watch it on uh, the big TV monitor and see what it looks uh, what it looks like. Uh, Davis has felt the titles looked a bit cheap. Yeah, the little sparklies. I'm not quite sure what what was going on with that. Um, I don't know. It we, we, you know yeah. See what it is. Dave says we've got a very slick intro. Thank you very much. I I I worked quite a bit on that. I've had that idea brewing in my head since we started level eleventy seven all the way back. That was our Marvel podcast, which was audio only, so I, I didn't have any any opportunity to put together any kind of a video uh, intro for it. But that's kind of what I had in mind when we were doing level 117. So now that we're doing live from the bunker, we're down to the bunker. We go down, and that's and that's where it is. So it's kind of a stolen idea that I've ripped off on from one of my other shows. But you know, it is what it is. Anyway, speaking of kind words, I want to give a shout out to Culture Casino. And uh, I have put a link in his uh, in, in the in the uh, uh, show description uh, for a video that he posted this morning, giving us a shout out. Uh, Culture was on our Money Talk episode back on the first Monday of this month, and we were talking about the whole Disney kerfuffle. And so he gave us uh, he gave us a shout out today. He's been very supportive and very uh, very had has had very nice things to say in, in a lot of his streams. Uh, so I do recommend if you're not following Culture Casino already over on YouTube and the various other sundry places where he's at, uh, I do recommend that you give him a follow as well. Uh, because that's how we win, folks, is is supporting each other and encouraging each other and lift, you know, that whole rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. And, and if, if I succeed and if Culture succeeds and if Valiant Renegade succeeds and Camera Pasha succeeds and Midnight's Edge and... And airlock pol- open airlock policy, and whoever else, you know, Tug and Yellow Flash and Ethan and Ricada and Anna, that Star Wars girl, and Tugs and Drunk 3PO, and, and uh, I, you know, there's so many of them now. But the way that we succeed, the way we beat the corporate media mob is to encourage each other and support each other. So I do recommend... Uh, Culture Casino's channel. My biggest thing is... My biggest thing is I don't know anybody's names. It's very difficult for me because I'm old. I'm used to dealing with people by their name, not their handle. Uh, uh, Dave says, curious, during your viewing of Star Trek The Motion Picture, was there a repeat of a few minutes during the Klingon attack? I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't notice that there was. Um... Uh, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't see anything that looked off, uh, in, in the Klingon scenes. Um, and they still have that shot, the, the flyby, how I know that it was done well, the flyby, whenever the, whenever the Klingon ship approaches the camera and the camera is flying over it and they do that, that spin above the bridge tower of the Klingon ship and it, and then they're behind the ship always gives me vertigo. Always sets off the, the dizzy uh, for just a brief moment. And, and I knew it was coming and it maybe happened for a little bit. I felt it, but not quite so bad. So 
so I survived my viewing of, of Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, it could just be, yeah, it could be a glitch in the glitch in the matrix there for you, Dave. All right. I, speaking of, of winning, what we're winning against, this idea of, of the cancel culture. And I, I started yesterday. I'm going through. Yesterday we had a, a down day here at the compound it was you know a, we've been going and going and going and going and going on a lot of different things running a lot of errands doing a lot of chores taking care of a lot of different busy bits around uh both home and office and i i told me we just have to stop for a minute and rest so yesterday was was essentially a day off but i'm scrolling through uh i'm scrolling through the um the socials yesterday and i see tom smith reposted uh, uh, over on Facebook, and apparently there was a controversy at the Nebula Awards conference this weekend. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Nebula Awards are given out by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. This is the writer's organization that handles, well, says to handle, uh, purports to um, advocate for authors when it comes to the publishers, the contracts, and, and that kind of thing. They've got a really good service called Writer Beware, which was co-founded by Ann Crispin. And uh, this, this does not surprise me what happened this weekend. It doesn't. And the reason why is because we saw this coming years ago. The science fiction and fantasy writers of America are in that same camp as the people at Worldcon. They are the science fiction literati. Do we smell somebody here who looks for profit? That's that's this that's this crowd. And they are constantly offended at things. And this weekend was no different. They they went now. Now I am going to opine about certain things with limited information because I was not at the Nebula Awards conference. I did not attend the panel where this thing allegedly happened. So I'm going off of second and third hand reports. I want to have that caveat out there in the beginning of this. The Nebula Awards are kind of like the Saturns and the Hugos, and you know, they, they mean things to certain people to whom it means things. For the most part, by and large, these awards have generally fallen by the wayside in terms of credibility to the general population, the general pub, the general science fiction population, let's say, because normies out there have no idea about any of this stuff, nor do they care. Their exposure to all of this was in the massive media smear campaign against the sad puppies back in 2015. And it was a smear campaign. I watched it happen in real time. <coughs> Hello, Mazer. It's good to see you in the chat. So the, the, the sad puppies thing, just to take you back for a little bit, Larry Correa, Brad Torgerson, and others, uh, uh, Sarah Hoyt, John Wright, 
you know, various people who were sitting there saying that the, the Hugo Awards have gotten political. And it's a, it, and not just a political from the standpoint of conservative liberal, but political from the standpoint of uh, old boys club. If you're, if you're not in the in crowd, and by that read tour, then generally you're not acceptable for a nomination to the Hugos. It's very much an insular, self-congratulatory, um, feel-good, he-man, woman-haters club type of, of affair. And Larry Correa rightly points out that the nature of the thing is that if you're not part of that one very small niche of acceptable people then you're not allowed to play the game. You're not allowed to be in the sandbox with everybody else. And, of course, they all blew a gasket about it. And in 2015, which was, I believe, the second year of the, of the Sad Puppies campaign, Hugo's burned to the ground. They went ahead and burned it to the ground and went scorched earth and no awarded, I don't know how many different categories. Nobody won... You know, I mean, only only a few people won awards that year, and it was the acceptable people who won the awards. And if you weren't part of that hoity-toity crowd, then too bad for you. And a lot of guilt by association, and a lot of how dare you, and how dare she, and how dare he, and this is back when we had he and she. And the, the science fiction literati crowd has not learned anything. They've continued to behave this way. The Hugos are pretty much essentially irrelevant at this point, except for the people who care about the Hugos, which is a very small group of people. Nebulas are kind of the same way. You don't hear a whole lot about the Nebula Awards. Saturn's, uh, Saturn's used to be really prominent, especially when it came to film and television. And I don't hear very much, I, I don't hear very many people talking about Saturn's anymore. You've got the Dragon Awards that are out there now. So that's a thing. So the Nebulas are the industry award provided and, 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 and given out by the science fiction and fantasy writers of America. And I don't, I don't know, I would have to look at it, but I don't think that you have to be SIFWA to get an award. I could have that wrong, I'm not sure. But the, the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America also are the organization that hands out the Damon Knight Grandmaster Award. So this is essentially a, a, a Lifetime Achievement Career Award that's given out every year, and the Grand Masters are the people who have long histories of publication and award-winning fiction, and you know, people who are considered among the greats, among the best or the most successful, uh, the people who are recognized for their skill and ta talent over a lifetime of publication. And, you know, it's, it's named for Damon Knight, who was one of the founders of SIFWA. It recognizes uh, excellence in uh, science fiction writing. 
And this year's recipient, as we reported a few months ago, I think it was back in February when, the, when they announced this, that uh, Mercedes Lackey was the latest recipient of the Damon Knight Grandmaster Award. And this award gets actually presented at the Nebula Award Conference. And that was this weekend. Here's the report. This is, I don't know who, who this, this person is, uh, David Lubkin. Um, some, somebody who is, uh, somebody who is, I guess, of the know. Because this is being talked about in various different places. But this is the first where I saw it. So I want to I wanna cite my sources as we go through this. Tom Smith posting, uh, reposting this on Facebook. Science fiction writer Mercedes Lackey was recognized on Saturday at the Nebula Awards Conference as the newest Sifwa Grand Master. She was removed today, yesterday, from the conference, and or 18, was it 18 hours ago? Yeah, that was yesterday. She was removed today from the conference and the additional panels she was scheduled for in accordance with the Sifwa moderation policy for making a racial slur as a panelist yesterday, meaning Saturday. The rule is, respect all cultures and communities. Do not make derogatory or offensive comments, even as a joke. It was deemed to apply in all Sifwa space, and being given Sifwa's highest honor that day didn't exempt her. According to the moderator and a fellow participant, what happened here, while praising the work of Sifwa Grandmaster and my old friend Chip, Samuel Delaney, she referred to him as colored. Samuel Delaney is black. He's about 80 years old. My reading, reading continues here. My guess is she'd chosen the term for being commonplace in Chip's experience growing up. He turned 80 last month. She's 71 herself. The matter is being discussed on Twitter. Of course it is. Chip hasn't posted anything about the incident yet, but there is a, there is a comment later on in this thread where Samuel Delaney, who was the subject of the comment comments on the comment and let me scroll down to that because this is the beginning of this and i want to make sure that we get his his reaction uh let me find it here because it's very important that we put this into context because one i wasn't there so i'm i'm sitting i'm sitting here on the outside looking in and I want to make sure that I get this right because I'm of an age where this particular this particular term was no longer being used. However, there are people uh, who didn't really. Didn't really get over using this, uh, and I'm not finding, I'm not finding the comment. Let me see if I can get where where is it that I'm seeing? Oh no, okay. Let's do all comments. I hate you, Facebook. I really do hate Facebook. Okay, so let's go through this. I mean, there are there's a lot of discussion about it. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of people who have who have opinions, even even among people who weren't there. Uh, I mean, I have an opinion. I wasn't there, so I'm I'm in that boat too. But I think it's very interesting. Well, where is it? He must have deleted his comment. I don't know if he's where it is. 
anyway. So he basically said it's not any big deal. According to the thread, people were triggered when she said colored. And I've looked into the term, and I want to uh, I want to I want to look at this just for a second because yes, there is some negative emotional connotation to this for some people who grew up in a certain time period. I get it. But to have the, the lynch mob go after a person for using this term and, and the person, you know, Delaney didn't think any big deal about it. At least according to the comment that I saw, and I have, I'm not able to find it again, so I don't know if he deleted it or what. But this, this term has been around since well before the establishment even of the United States. But in the United States, uh, it says here, now this is Wikipedia, so take it with whatever, however much salt that you want. Colored was the predominant and a preferred term for African Americans in the mid to late 19th century, in part because it was accepted by both white and black Americans as more inclusive. Wait, it, let me read that again. It was accepted by both black, by both white and black Americans as more inclusive, covering those of mixed race ancestry and less commonly Asian Americans and other racial minorities, as well as those who were considered to have complete black ancestry. Now, during, during and after the Civil War, they, they, and I say colored people, used that term themselves, adopted that term, accepted it, and, 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 and said, yes, this is, this, is where, this is who we are. The term black was preferred during the 1960s by the black power movement as well as radical black nationalists like the black Muslims and the Black Panthers, pan-Africanists like Stokely Carmichael, heard that name before, <clears throat> and political progressives. Negro was still favored as a self-descriptive racial term over black by a plurality in the late 1960s. However, by the late 70s, early 80s, black was strongly favored. So terms change. I get it. Words change. People, people use different things. Language evolves and whatever. But it's interesting here, this note here, and, and the footnote has it uh, from the Oxford Di English Dictionary. The term came in use by the, in the United States during the early 19th century, and it then was adopted by emancipated slaves as a term of racial pride after the end of the American Civil War until it was replaced as a self-designation by black or African-American during the second part of the 20th century. So, now it's considered to be offensive because it was used a lot during G Jim Crow era. The Jim Crow laws were enacted by Democrats. I'm not going to just putting that out there. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Jack. Jack. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, we'll see this. Jack says, don't blame it on the younger generations. Boomers and Gen X started this crap. We're the only hope you got to defeating this nonsense. Uh, yeah, right. Bronze Age Kid, good welcome. Good to see you. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing some names in the chat I haven't seen before. That's good. Uh, I thought we were on the rebound from all this insanity. I guess we'll still see this from the more idiotic sec sectors of humanity. Yeah, um, it's a... I want to say that it's a last gasp for relevance in in the end, in the dying days of all of this. I think that the pendulum has, has started to swing back. Uh, we see this with Netflix firing people. We see this with uh, Exxon sitting there saying, we're not going to fly the affinity flags over headquarters anymore. Um, yeah, we've got Pride Month coming up in June, and it's going to be interesting to see how many people actually do their rainbow logos this year. But the backlash has been such that I think companies are starting to wake up and realize that you can't continue and sustain the stupid for a very long time and hope that it's going to uh, going to to leave you profitable. I mean, Disney is a perfect example of this. They're sitting at 104. It did bottom out and hit $100 a share. I don't think that it's beyond uh, beyond the the realm of possibility that it could dip below 100. Now it's up. It's at 104 right now, but. It's bouncing all over the place. And if you look, this is just the five day, you know, the five day trend. You see it's going all the way. It dipped all the way down to $100.08 on May 20th. It's back up to $104.70. But Disney is in the process of learning what happens when you decide that your corporation is going to be full of political activists instead of entertainers. And at some point, eventually... The people at Sifwa and the people at the Hugos, the people at the Saturns and whoever else that are that are in this crowd, they're going to learn that you can't do this for very long and expect to succeed. I don't think and you look at the you look at the stuff that's going on with with the ESG stuff. And the political pandering, I don't think that a lot of these people are focused on profit. I don't think they're focused on achieving success in, in terms of business. I think they're, they're looking for reputation points more than they are anything else. Because they're not going to achieve any kind of massive social change. That happens at the individual level, and the individuals become groups, and the groups become active in whatever, whatever thing is going on. Corporations latch onto these things because it's a trend. And some of this other stuff... I think Bill Maher has it. People are latching onto a lot of this stuff because it's trendy to do so. And it's that fear of missing out. And I think a lot of people are ganging up on Mercedes Lackey for the same reason. It's the thing to do. We've been given our marching orders. Who is our target for this week? 
it's Mercedes Lackeys this week. Uh, hello, Keely. Good to see you in the chat as well. Now, there is a statement from the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Uh, this came uh, May 22nd. So this, was, this was posted yesterday. The Nebula Conference was already over. And I don't think that Mary Robinette Koala is still the president of CIFWA. I'm not sure. I'd have to check on that, and I'll, I'll look at that in a minute. The following email was sent to our CIFWA members and our Nebula Conference attendees this afternoon. So this went out yesterday. Dear Nebula Conference participants and CIFWA members, that's, it's, that's how it's pronounced. S-F-W-A is pronounced. CIFWA is how they do it, is how they say it. That's a little inside baseball there for you. <laughs> Because I know these things. Uh, continuing. We learned yesterday that while participating in the romancing sci-fi and fantasy panel, Mercedes Lackey used a racial slur. First, we apologize to our attendees and the other panelists who were subjected to that slur. We've disabled access to the panel to avoid any additional harm being caused. Now, a couple of things here. One... They don't say, they don't report what Mercedes Lackey said. There's no quote, there's no direct quote, there's no clip, there's no evidence. There's only Mercedes Lackey used a racial slur. Now, you, that leaves it open to interpretation and your imagination can fill in the blanks. What was that that she said? What was this racial slur that she said? It had to have been terrible for her to be removed. So naturally, the assumptions start going toward things that are worse than they actually was. See, they don't, they don't get specific, and so your mind and your imagination is allowed to fill in the blank... And you can come up with things that are so much worse than what was actually said. Because Sifwa leaves it open to interpretation for that. The second thing, for when they apologize, Sifwa wasn't responsible for what Mercedes Lackey said. Sifwa didn't tell her say things or not say things. Sif was not responsible for the content of the things that are said in the panel. Why would Sifwa apologize for something they're not responsible for? See, this collective guilt garbage is, is also a problem. Because when Sifwa sits there and goes, Oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. Okay, why? Did you, did you tell her to say that? Did you intentionally put her on panels knowing that she would say something offensive? Probably not. Now, the second part of that, they're apologizing to the attendees and other panelists who were subjected to that slur. Again, reinforcing that there was a racial slur, but they don't say what it was. And then also basically saying everybody at the conference was a victim. And you were subjected to abuse or whatever offensive thing what happened. Clutch your pearls, folks. 
And then when they disable the video, you can't go to the video. You can't see what she said. So there's now no context at all. Only what other people have said she said. We now only have second and third hand reports of what actually happened at the panel. And it's a bunch of pronouns in the bio, blue check marks reporting on what happened at the panel. Of course, perception is reality. You say something offensive because I was offended. Continuing from the letter. Second, we are immediately removing Mercedes Lackey from the conference and the additional panels she was scheduled for in accordance with CIFWA's moderation policy. The use of a racial slur violates the instruction to respect all cultures and communities. Do not make derogatory or offensive statements even as a joke. That applies to everyone in a CIFWA space at all levels of their career. So it doesn't matter. We just gave her a Grand Master Award. We're going to cancel her anyway because she said something. We're not going to tell you what she said. We're only going to characterize it as a racial slur because now we want you to think that, oh, this was a terrible thing. <coughs> Third, we will, we will be discussing with the other panelists for Romancing Sci-Fi and Fantasy how they would prefer we proceed when they are able and comfortable in doing so. Oh, oh I got I to gotta, I gotta recover from the vapors before we can even discuss this. You know, this is a bunch of crap. Grown-ups have difficult conversations. I got a 20-year-old kid who gets his feelings hurt and decides he doesn't want to have anything to do with me over just some little teeny tiny something that doesn't go his way. And there are things that he doesn't want to talk about. Grown-ups have the difficult conversations, folks. These people are acting like a bunch of sissy panty-waist children. Oh, I got I got she said a word. She said a word. Oh, my goodness. I gotta, I gotta clutch my pearls. Oh, uh, I gotta recover. I gotta recover. Words of violence to these people. Remember, words of violence. One word sets these people off in a spiral that is unbelievable at how. Desperately offended they are. We will be offering to edit out the offensive portion of the panel or hold the panel again at a later date. We'll do we'll get a do-over. We'll get a do-over. Inviting back the other three panelists and moderator to again take part. We're not gonna invite her back because you know what she'll do. We will respect their wishes on how to handle this issue while also sharing the invaluable expertise they offer during the discussion. You know what? Here's what you do. Sifwa, suck it up. Somebody said something you don't like. Tough bounce. I had a band director in high school. That was his thing. You don't like it? Tough bounce. Deal with it. Grown-ups have the difficult conversations. Grown-ups... 
aren't offended at every last little tiny thing. Now, it is one of those things where you start looking at the various different responses. Uh, now, this is Larry Dixon, who is uh, Mercedes Lackey's husband. And he goes through this whole, uh, this whole scroll. I'm not going to go through this whole thread, but basically he's saying that, that Sifu was basically looking for a reason. And here's the reason. And so we dogpile on Mercedes Lackey. And as a consequence, also, we're going to dogpile on Larry Dixon because Larry Dixon's guilt by association because he's married to her. So he becomes a target, too. Now, here's where it all starts, at least in the description of what happened. This is Jen. I have no idea who this is. Jen... Doesn't even have... Are you a professional? Give me your last name. Jen in the lip. I guess Jen in the library? I don't know. She, her, that leads off with the pronouns. By black librarian and one of We Hear Spaces admins. Ignite Award nominated SFFR. Okay. Words in fire. Tor. See? Your associations are right there in front. We know what this person is going to be about. So the romancing sci-fi and fantasy panel wrapped. Instead of celebrating, I'm here holding grief and frustration <laughs> over what happens when language is misused regardless of intent. See, they're sitting there saying, we don't care what you intended to do. <coughs> we don't care what you think. Holding grief and frustration. Why? Over a word. Which was used to describe a particular person of color who was not offended over the term. And has said so. And as a lot of people point out, you have organizations like the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, although they don't emphasize that anymore. They're the NAACP. And there are some people who are clutching their pearls saying that the whites are defending Mercedes Lackey because whites. And they're saying, don't defend her just because she's old. My grandmother learned. There are people in that generation who learned other words. And yeah, some words are offensive. Because society has determined that those words are offensive. <sighs> D 
During the panel, Sammy, this is continuing from Jen at the Nebula's Pew Pew uh, Rainbow and a Rocket in her in her uh, bio there. During the panel, Samuel R. Delaney's trailblazing work was referenced. He was also referred to as colored. Hearing this, I had an out-of-body experience. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at this person. This person doesn't look any more than maybe 30, 35 years old. This is a child. I, I, I just, I'm... Bronze Age says, uh, uh, when I think about how many potential productive hours people waste on this nonsense. Well, the thing is, I, I think that they do feel like they're being productive because they're trying to affect change, quote-unquote. They're sitting there saying, we must make things better. And to a certain degree... Let's look at the history of science fiction, because one of the things that I have said a, n a number of times about why I like science fiction, good science fiction is aspirational and inspirational. It inspires us to think, it inspires us to consider new ideas, and inspires us to invent things and, and, and that sort of thing. And it's aspirational in that it gives us a chance to reflect on ourselves as where we are in humanity. Where do we want to be better? How do we improve? What can we do differently? And that sort of thing. And, 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 and by and large, your successful science fiction and fantasy gives you that. Without preaching at you. Now, some of the folks that are in this crowd, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush and say all of them, but some of them feel like that it is their God-given duty, well, Gaia-inspired duty, because they, a lot of them don't believe in God. It is their divine right to tell you how things ought to be. Now, this is the same crowd that will defend Walter Breen, who was convicted of certain things. This is the same crowd who will defend to the death Marion Zimmer Bradley, Walter Breen's wife, both of whom have been credibly accused of sexually abusing their own kids as well as other people. Walter Breen was convicted and went to jail for it. These people will brigade and attack the Bay and Bar discussion forum These people will attack... These are the same people who attacked Campbell. These are the same people who attack Lovecraft. Different day, different target. Who do we go after today? 
and for what offense. And I'm waiting, I am patiently waiting for David Gerald to have said something or posted something or he will post something or he'll say something at some point and he'll become a target. Just like George R.R. R. Martin, he mispronounces names at an award ceremony and oh, the white privilege, the, the vapors again. They'll come for David Gerald. They'll come for Mary Robinette Koal. They'll come for Larry Niven. No, David David Bryn, not Larry Niven. I, Larry, well, they could come for Larry Niven. They'll come for David Bryn. They'll come for Neil Gaiman. They they've tried. Yeah, Mazers, you're right for Tolkien. They'll they'll they've already tried on Tolkien. They're still trying on Tolkien. They'll go after C.S. Lewis. They went after J.K. Rowling. Because it's not about individual responsibility. It's not about individual accountability. Oh, these consequences, actions have consequences. These are the consequences of your actions. No, B.S. This is... Uh, this is the White Knight Brigade, the cancel cult, going after anybody who doesn't fit into their particular scheme of things at the time. And, and, and note that the scheme of things changes because all the time they move the goalposts. They will move the goalpost again. They will move the goalpost again. Stephanie's in the chat mentioning the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing. That's another example of this kind of mentality, this, this kind of thinking. Because all through the Me Too movement, there were those of us who were sitting there saying, this was going to be weaponized. This is going to be weaponized. It'll be used to destroy people. And some of them, if they're legitimate and people committed crimes, then charge them and convict them and and give them due process. That's what a lot of us were sitting there saying. Due process. Let due process take its course. And there are a lot of people out there who decide that the court of public opinion is enough to judge these people guilty. Whether they actually did anything wrong or not is immaterial. We're going to decide. And in a couple of cases, this has led to suicide. You look at what happened with that whole thing with Brianna Wu and and the guy that she knew. I can't remember the name off the, top, off the top of my head, but we've had people driven to suicide and we've had people who have been suicided. I'm not going to get into that. But Larry Dixon in his thread says that this has been extremely damaging to Mercedes Lackey's mental health. 
but they don't care. People will celebrate the damage and the harm being done to the perceived offender. Good! They get their comeuppance. They get what they deserve. Will they say that about you when you get what you've got coming to you? Because this will circle back. It is a circular firing squad. And eventually, everyone will become a target. Everyone will be a target. I'm actually surprised that we haven't been yet. We got close. <clears throat> Amazer says, watch the dogpiling that goes on when even a remotely reasonable person comes in with just the slightest variance of opinion. Now, that's, that's good. Jack says, if you want a good Lovecraft community, look up Arkham Reporter on YouTube. No Wiltcraft to be found. Go. Okay. I will check that out. There's a, I know there's a, the chat, the chat's been moving really quickly. I've, I've probably missed some stuff. I know I've missed some stuff. It's over here in my peripheral vision. I see it going pop, 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 pop. But I got on a roll there. So, um, it just, Mazur says they think there's nothing wrong at all in what they do casually. It is. It it is. Um, like a page of Utopia. Yeah. Well, it's crabs in a bucket is what it is. It's crabs in a bucket. You put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, one of them's going to try to come out, and everybody's going to pull them down. It's... <laughs> there are four peripheral lights. Yeah. It's, it's, how, how can we tear down anyone who is more successful than I am? How do we, well, I've seen it described in, in, in several places. You get it, you get into something, you kill it, and then you wear it as a skin. And that's, that's what, that's what's happening here. It's been going on for a long time. We've known about this for a while. And just when we think that, this, that the pendulum is starting to swing back, stuff like this happens. And stuff like this will continue to happen. But I am encouraged because in certain quarters and in certain in certain places on on socials, I'm starting to see pushback. I'm starting to see people sit there and say, enough is enough. If you're going to make an accusation, where's your proof? Cite your sources. Tell us exactly what it is that you saw or heard yourself and don't give us hearsay and rumor and innuendo. It's coming. It's getting there. And 
You've got more channels that are out there on YouTube and Rumble and Odyssey and these various different places where the, the narrative is not being embraced. You know, whether it's Fandom Menace or Comicsgate or, or whoever, you know. I mean, Gamergate still gets blamed for everything. But there are people out there who sit there and say, enough is enough. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. And I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be doing that. Majors is going to a meeting. Have fun. <laughs> Uh, Jack says, well, my girlfriend's dad, who's in his 70s, is seeing it. It's really, really bad. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the other thing, too, is, you know, you have you have people in particular generations, especially the younger crowd, who's, you know, they're they're looking at TikTok and they're looking at YouTube and they're looking at Snapchat and they're looking at all of these different social media places where everything's curated and they're not seeing what's going on in the world. They're not paying attention to the news. Well, they're paying attention to what the media tells them to pay attention to as far as, like, Ukraine. But they're not paying attention to gas prices. They're not paying attention to how many how many shootings we've had. Except the shootings by the white guy. They're not paying attention to this over here because this over here is going on. I mean... You look at you know Bronze Age kid says I noticed Comicsgate creators now being received quite well at the conventions. The tide is shifting a bit. Yes, it is. You look at uh, uh, videos. Drunk three PO had some videos over the weekend uh, in Geeks and Gamers because Gina Carano made her convention debut at MegaCon in Orlando. Had the longest lines out of anybody. They had to move her to accommodate the crowd. For her, for her autograph stuff, for her autograph line. So, uh, AGC says the problems all started when Twitter introduced the blue check mark. I would say that it happened. I'm not sure of the timeline uh, as far as the blue check marks go, but I think a lot of this started, and I've said this before, a lot of this started when Tumblr banned the porn. And the people in the people in the safe space of Tumblr who were shipping all of these different sexual arrangements of different characters ended up over on Twitter for for whatever reason, and that's part of the problem. We have a confluence of a number of different events here that have combined to have have everybody lose their minds. So I don't know. Uh, Jack says, best thing to do is just support people who are canceled. That's the minimum we can do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Tumblr was a psyop. All of social media is a psyop. I got news for you there. All of social media is a psyop. It's all social engineering, folks. It's all we tell you what to think. It's like the outer limits. We control the vertical. We control the horizontal, Right. We're going to tell you what to think. We're going to tell you how to feel about something. We're going to tell you what to get enraged in. Here's the monkeypox upgrade. It's coming, folks. It's coming. Disney's up $105. Here we go. All right, that's going to do it here. I will leave you with this quote from Martin Niemuller. 
He was a German minister. And people are familiar with this. Uh, I will read. This is the, this I think is the, the, the most common uh, version of this. First, they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. We have to be ready to speak for each other, folks. Don't turn in your neighbor. Be a neighbor. And remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 